This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. The budget is the only piece of legislation that must be passed each year, but approaches on how it should be structured vary widely. One proposed piece of legislation is a tax cut, but not everyone agrees it is a great idea. The tax cuts offer very little to low and middle income households in West Virginia. It offers big, big tax cuts for for the the high income households, for the very wealthy in West Virginia. And it would create huge problems in the budget. That story and more coming up this West Virginia morning. West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey announced a new milestone met in West Virginia's opioid litigation fight. Emily Rice has more. In a press conference Wednesday morning, Morrissey announced his office has reached a settlement with the national pharmaceutical chain Walgreens for $83 million. Morrissey also defended his office's decision to reject national settlements in an effort to secure more funds for West Virginians. We've doubled up the amount that we would have obtained through the national settlements. I'm not telling you that there wasn't some risk involved in that. Uh, And we went to trial and we pushed this. But I think that we believed in the merits of our case. We were willing to go to trial over it. Morrissey also announced a June 2023 trial scheduled against the Kroger Company. That's the last remaining major pharmacy the state of West Virginia is seeking legal action against. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. Harper's Ferry has entered an agreement with electric utilities Mon Power and Potomac Edison to help support the construction of solar panel sites statewide. Shepard Snyder has more. The town agreed to purchase a subscription of solar renewable energy credits equal to its streetlight and town hall energy usage, meant to support five sites owned by parent company First Energy. These include solar farms in Berkeley, Hancock, Marion, Monongalia, and Tucker counties. They're expected to generate 50 megawatts of solar power across the state. First Energy is currently waiting for final approval from the state's Public Service Commission, as well as similar commitments from other municipalities and customers, to begin construction of these sites. Conditional approval for the project was granted by the PSC late last year, with construction expected to be complete by 2025. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Shepard Snyder in Martinsburg. West Virginia came close to having rolling blackouts over Christmas weekend, the chair of the Public Service Commission told lawmakers. Curtis Tate has more. PSC Chair Charlotte Lane told the Senate Finance Committee Wednesday that the state avoided a disaster when temperatures plunged the day before Christmas Eve. We were very lucky it was Christmas and not in the middle of the week. If we had been in the middle of the week when everybody was at work and all of the manufacturing was up, we, we could have, it could have been very difficult. Lane said she got a call from PJM Interconnection, the regional electricity grid that includes West Virginia. PJM requested that she tell the electric utilities that serve West Virginia customers to ask them to conserve power. Ultimately, no rolling blackouts happened in West Virginia. They did happen in the Tennessee Valley Authority and Duke Energy in North Carolina. Lane said about 40% of the natural gas-fired power plants in PJM failed that weekend. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. On Wednesday, the House of Delegates overwhelmingly passed its version of Governor Jim Justice's 50% income tax reduction proposal. 
Before that happened, the Democratic minority proposed an even deeper tax to help low-income taxpayers. Randy Owey has our story coming from the legislature today. House Bill 2526, a plan to reduce personal income tax, passed the full House with 94 yeas, 2 nays, and 4 absent. The bill generally lays out a 50% income tax cut for everyone, phased in over three years, with 30% the first year and 10% the next two. Minutes before the session began, House Democrats held a press conference announcing their own amendment to the tax cut plan. They proposed a 100% tax cut for West Virginians earning $80,000 or less a year. Delegate Sean Fluharty, Democrat from Ohio County, explained the benefit would extend to more than two-thirds of the taxpaying population. It looks like your colleagues, it looks like your neighbors, and it looks like your community. 72% of West Virginians make under $80,000 per year. Finance co-chair John Hardy, Republican from Berkeley County, offered a response to the Democratic amendment, calling it severely flawed. What they failed to tell you was, if we implement the plan that they're looking for, it will leave a 67% hole in our budget from day one. The plan that the House has come up with and we're uh, working on and trying to get passed today over to the Senate is a more uh, comprehensive plan that moves slower. Uh, It is a much safer way and a fiscally responsible way to move. Democrats' amendment lost overwhelmingly in the House by a vote of 11 in favor and 86 opposed. The bill now passes over to the Senate. For the legislature today, I'm Randy Yowie. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 749. Periods of rain today. Afternoon thunderstorms possible in the south, high temperatures in the 50s and 60s. Windy tonight with a chance of rain or snow, lows in the 30s. Chance of rain or snow tomorrow with gusty wind, high temperatures in the 30s and low 40s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Taurus Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TaurusSaveAlaw.com. The budget is the only piece of legislation that must be passed each year, but approaches to how it should be structured vary widely. Republicans hold a supermajority, but at this time are still divided on how to deliver promised tax cuts to West Virginians. For the legislature today, reporter Chris Schultz sat down with budget policy expert Sean O'Leary from the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy to discuss the possibilities. Sean O'Leary is the senior policy analyst at the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy. He joins me now in the legislature today. Sean, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And I did get the title right there. You got it right. Okay, great. So, Sean, the talk at the Capitol right now is Governor Justice's proposed 50% cut to personal income tax. You've been quite vocal against this cut, the so-called financial tsunami. Uh, why do you think it's not the right move? I mean, this is, this is the third or fourth time we've seen Governor Justice propose something like this. Um, and it's the same problem that we see with every proposal. 
Um, the, the tax cuts offer very little to low and middle income households in West Virginia. It offers big, big tax cuts for, for the, the high income households, for the very wealthy in West Virginia. And it would create huge problems in the budget. I mean, we've got you know, some surplus money right now. That's one-time money. That's temporary money. You start looking down the line, we start having major, major budget problems pretty quickly and no solution for them. And when that income tax revenue goes away, it becomes increasingly difficult to, to address a myriad of state needs. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you brought up the surplus because I want to get into that with you in just a moment. But even just last night, we saw the Senate Finance Committee um, kind of talk exactly about what you're talking about. You know, the fact that uh, if we do this 50% cut, where is that money coming from when it's not coming from personal income tax? And exactly what you just said, you know, we heard, is another governor going to have to come in and undo this in a couple of years? Right. So what exactly, can you, can you lay this out a little bit? I mean, what would be the impact to the budget if we did this 50% cut, let's say, five years down the road? I mean, so right now, the personal income tax is about 43% of the total budget. So if you cut that in half, that's 25% of the budget that's gone. Um, that's 25% of the budget. That, and then when you look at the areas of the budget that you fund, that you have to fund, is public education and Medicaid. That's two-thirds of the budget. So then you're looking at the areas of the budget that you can cut, you're talking about higher ed, you're talking about corrections, you're talking about the legislative, the, the judicial branch, commerce, economic development. That adds up to about well, 30% of the budget. So you're talking about just wholesale cuts, eliminating agencies, eliminating programs, eliminating huge areas of the budget um, that are necessary, that are needed for the people of the state of West Virginia. Or you're talking about raising other taxes, which would then offset any savings that you would see from an income tax cut, particularly for low and middle income households. Because as we've seen from the Senate in the past, those proposals raise taxes on low and middle income households to cut them on high income households. Sean, the counter argument, the justification for these cuts that's being made is the surplus that we're seeing right now. I mean, we're getting close to a billion dollars uh, being thrown around as the surplus that we could be possibly working with here. But you've expressed doubt about several aspects of the reported surplus. Uh, what's the issue with, let's start with the severance boom. Yeah, so, so right now, uh, in this current fiscal year, you know, as, as we define a surplus, and, and in West Virginia, you know, we don't define a surplus as this is how much money we have left over after all of our needs have been met, after all of our bills have been paid. We define a surplus as, well, we estimated we were going to bring in $4.8 billion, and we actually brought in $5.8 billion. So we just keep estimating that we're going to bring in $4.6, $4.8 million, even though we know the previous years we've been bringing in a lot more. Um, so there's a problem with the surplus right there, is that it kind of just exists on paper. Um, but then you start looking at the numbers behind that surplus of where that you know, additional money above the estimate is coming from, and half of it is coming from the severance tax. And we know from multiple sources that that is natural gas prices going up, natural gas prices going up because of international incidents like Russia invading Ukraine, and we also know that's temporary. We know from the revenue secretaries, from the, the um, presentations that have been given to the Senate Finance Committee, to the House Finance Committee, to the Energy Information Agency that's putting out data that energy prices are expected to come down next year. 
So the seven, the severance tax does this. The severance tax goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down, it goes through a boom and bust cycle year after year. So to rely on the severance tax fueling the surplus to pay for a permanent income tax cut is going to create problems down the road. Because while we've got severance tax revenues going through the roof right now, that's not guaranteed, and that's almost guaranteed to go away, which is why you know you heard Senator Tarr last night say you know, this plan would guarantee budget cuts in the future. So I want to back up here just one second because it's something that I've been puzzling over since I first saw you talk about it last month, and it's these, the estimate aspect of the surplus. Uh, how is that estimate being calculated? Well, that is, that is something that's different in West Virginia than is, that is in most states. In most states, there's a consensus revenue estimate. The legislature comes together with the governor, comes together with economic estimates, economic experts, and try to figure out how much money will we raise based on the economy, based on where we expect the economy to go, based on our tax structure. That's not how we do it in West Virginia. In West Virginia, it's the governor's office that comes up with the revenue estimate. And they have been saying these past four years, we are coming up with a revenue estimate that matches what we want to spend in the budget. Not how much we expect the economy to produce, not how much money we expect our tax structure to produce, but how much we want to spend. And we want to keep a flat budget. So even last year, they produced what they called unofficial revenue estimates, where they said, well, our official revenue estimate's $4.6 billion, but our unofficial revenue estimate, based on the economy, based on our tax structure, that's $5.6 billion. So built into the revenue estimate is a billion-dollar surplus. Um, and then what happens is the legislature is bound by the governor's revenue estimate. So they cannot appropriate $1 more than the governor's revenue estimate. So if the governor says the revenue estimate is $4.8 billion, but they've got an unofficial revenue estimate that says it's actually $5.8 billion, the legislature is stuck at $4.8 billion. So then you automatically have a surplus built in just because you kept that revenue estimate so low. That was Sean O'Leary from the West Virginia Center on Budget and Policy. Speaking with reporter Chris Schultz for last night's The Legislature Today. Visit our website to hear the rest of that interview and tune in Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yoey, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.